Well, hello and welcome to the best damn lunch and learn ever. I'm your host, Jen Hecht. I'm super excited to be here today. We have the amazing, amazing social media strategist, Brian Fanzo from iSocialFans on the show. And we're going to talk about social media marketing in 2019. Oh, do we have some amazing questions, topics, discussions? We were talk talking offline that we're going to add some more stuff in. Like, we're super excited um, to have Brian here today and have everybody join in. So if you do have social media questions for Brian, please drop them in the comments. Share a few other people that you know would gain a lot of information from this podcast for sure. So let me just give you a brief background on Brian. He um, is a professional speaker. Um, he's a digital strategy consultant, podcasting host, and soon to be author. I can't wait to hear about this. When's the, when's the book coming out? I want to hear about it, this this year. I don't have a date on the launch yet, but it is this year. Okay. Well, can you tell us? Can you tell us about it? What, uh, so, so the book will be press the damn button, um, and the idea is that it's getting people to take action. Uh, I believe everyone has a story to tell, especially in the digital world, and so it's kind of it's a game plan and framework for getting your story and standing out from the noise. So ultimately, it comes down to how do you how do you grow your brand, how do you tell your story, and so it kind of walks people through kind of a playbook for doing that. And ultimately, I think uh, the the key part of it is you you won't know what works until you do it. So that's where uh, press the damn button came from. I love it. It's such a great title. You talk about from marketing. It's, yeah, press the damn button, right? Like yep. you're creating companies that create what the what the what the name of it is. So that's good. I like it. I can't wait to read it. It's gonna be good. Um, but you know, there's also you know, Brian has a techie background too. For those that don't know, um, you're working for the DoD and doing strategy uh, for them as well. But there was one thing I loved about your profile, which I, I want to talk about this too. That has helped you not only in business, but obviously in your speaking career too. Is that you're a semi-professional poker player? And I was. Yeah, I am. I am, and I was. I, I did it. Um, almost full time for uh, a couple years, but yeah, it's um, funny enough. I've probably read more books and studied more on poker than I have on marketing or business or other things. Um, but it's you know, I'm a I'm a people person, so I'm not I'm a poker player that plays via reading people, not reading the cards or the numbers or the percentages. Um, but I played in the World Series of Poker for about four years in a row. I've traveled uh, outside of the country to, to play poker. I was sponsored for uh, a couple of years, and and now I use it, you know, not only for reading people, but you know, uh, there's lots of metaphors that go into going all in or knowing when to, you know, hold them or fold them. And, you know, not only reading people. That's in relationships too. <laughs> it, it is, it is. And, and reading people and as in general, right? Like just to understand, you know, I think empathy is so powerful. And, that, and poker, weirdly enough, is one that taught me probably more about empathy and trying to figure out where people are coming from than anything else. But yeah, it's, a, it's amazing how, uh, how much I reference the, the poker uh, in my day-to-day -day life as far as growing my business. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, because you have some tips that we want to know from body language, right? So nonverbal body language that we can use in business. And in, I mean, you know, when, when you're on a date, you're like, okay, let's see. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, that's definitely an advantage. So for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into it. So let's talk about social media trends in 2019. And you know, some of your phase because you hear a lot about when you're when we're looking online, like some people are using this particular platform. So can you just kind of go through and then just we'll kind of dive down each platform and how to utilize it better? Sure. So I think before we look at platforms, again, so this is where I think we're moving to. It has a lot less to do with the platform and it has more to do with your message, right? I think uh, for the last five years, every year has been the year of video. Like every year they're like, oh, this is the year of video. And and the thing about video that is so powerful that, that we have to kind of embrace is that video is the closest we can get 
to human interactions and human, you know, online and live video is even is even closer, right? And that's why uh, Mark Zuckerberg went all in with Facebook Live, thinking, knowing that you know you can't fake it when you're on live video. You can't you if you don't know something, you have to admit that you don't know, much like we do in real life. And so video is super important. But one of the things I think we're moving to is really on social media as a whole. Like, and it's kind of nice that we finally have got to a point where most people understand social is not going away. Social media is there. There's good uses of it. There's bad uses. Of it, right? You can't stop you know p- people from using these tools for bad. But I think one of the biggest things now is that, and I think live video started this craze, is that we we connect with people that look like us that we can relate to. And so actually one of the chapters in the book is the future of marketing is relatability. And so if you look at social media, it's it's about how can I what platform allows me to be the most relatable with my audiences? And I always use this as a perfect example: is that you know, do we believe that Matthew McConaughey drives a Lincoln? You know, because he, he has a commercial where he's driving a Lincoln. Yes, he's paid for it. He probably has it in his driveway. But let's be real. Matthew McConaughey, we don't believe, is driving a Lincoln. And if I was buying a new car, I'm not going to take Matthew's advice. But I would take someone on YouTube or on Instagram's advice that looks like me, that can connect with me, that might have daughters like I do or, or yeah. kids. And so when you're looking at the social platforms as a whole, I think one of the big trends is vulnerability. Where can you be most your most vulnerable self? Um, also where you can you know, kind of shrink the distance. I think for the last nine years, we've used social media to be what, to project our image. Now we need to expose our image, right? And there's a difference in that mindset, right? Where now we just let people kind of see who we are, come on this journey with us. And so, you know, I, I'm a big lover of, of Instagram. I think Instagram um, is amazing from, from that standpoint. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of Twitter. Twitter allows you know, us to connect with people that don't know us yet, just like on Instagram where you know hashtags are so important. Twitter, there's lots of real-time active conversations on there. Um, for my business, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. But I think for, for most people, I think one of the mistakes people often make is that you know there's kind of twofold here. You want to be on a social platform that you love first. Right. And in the second place, if you want to go somewhere second, second is where you go where you believe your audience is for your business or who you're trying to attract. Most people start the, the flip. They start where they think their audience is, and you never get comfortable. You're always trying to project something you're not. I think that's a ma- massive mistake is that start where you love, where you're most comfortable. And then once you get in the flow of telling your story, move somewhere else. And I think you know we're going to see you know these platforms come and go. I think we're going to see... You know, Facebook has its issues. Facebook, um, you know, it was probably the worst year Facebook's ever had in 2017 or 2018. But I also believe, you know, everyone is on Facebook. So there's something to be said about a platform that has almost everybody on it. But right. are those your people? Are those your people acting? And so I think that's a that's a big piece of it. And also, I, I believe it's people are going to be really focused on conversations on social, not just social media broadcasting. So the your the comment that you put under your Instagram post has never been more valuable. Like right, it used to be, hey, a pretty picture and a couple hashtags is gonna get seen. Now it's a picture with complimentary text that gets people engaged and having a conversation. That's what's really working. And so it's really putting the social back in social media, which is exciting. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because, you know, especially on Instagram, because people go back and forth, they'll say, okay, well, you know, because you can put 30 hashtags, right? And then do you use a 30 or do you not use a 30? And like the the big influencers don't because they've already have the big growth, right? You know, and, and that's the other thing is like, so for people that are starting businesses, like don't let those numbers fool you. I think that that's like the misconception, like don't let it fool, just be you you know, be human. Like I always, we always say that in the day, in the dating world, like just be yourself, be human. Cause it's going to come out anyway, you know, don't, For sure. 
false advertise yourself. But um, now, what would you say when you're doing those hashtags? I mean, because I kind of have them do a story sometimes, like be you and like, you know, because it's hashtag, but it has it's all relevant to what I actually po put in the post, right? So right. can you give some tips on that? Like, so how much content, you know, are we supposed to be asking questions, just tips um, and then kind of layouts too on Instagram because you see some of the people, some people have different layouts and it looks, I mean, I don't know, give, give, us, give us your thoughts on that, some tips. Um, that we sure. So I think part of it is, uh, you know, like you said, being yourself on there, but also understanding like the people you're trying to attract, right? I think, uh, in my opinion, the people that are doing like the massive layouts, I think that's too much. I think you're overcomplicating things. Um, I like patterns. So if you have like Monday is black and white and Wednesday, like I'm okay with that because it, it, it allows, one of the things I always tell people is if you're able to manage expectations, so, so like allow people to know what they are expecting to get, like, oh, it's Monday, I'm gonna get a, uh, I'm gonna get a black and white photo, or hey, it's Wednesday, I'm gonna get, a, I'm gonna get a post that is inspirational because it's Wednesday's wisdom, right, or whatever that may be. Those things make sense, but I think, um, I think that's more important than doing, you know, kind of like the some of the things that we see on Instagram. When it comes to hashtags, I always tell people hashtags are the glue for conversation and the glue for people to find you. So one of the things with hashtags is. It wants to be relative to your post, but you also want to think kind of outside of your post sometimes as well and say, who would who would find my post valuable, but would might not be know that they were looking for it, right? Because oftentimes we don't know what we want until we find it, right? There's so maybe your, you know, maybe food lifestyle, maybe your post isn't about food, but it's about your overall well well-being. Okay. Well, someone searching hashtag food lifestyle probably would find value in a in an overall well-being post. But more than likely, you're like, oh, it's not food. I'm not going to put that in there. So there's a way to kind of delicately balance that. Like I would say, you know, and, and the 30 hashtags is the limitation, right? And like you don't get penalized if you have too many hashtags. But here's what you, I I always like to say: rather than worrying about what you can, what you, how many is too many, think about what your goal is. And and you ask the question about like, should I have a question, right? The way that Instagram rewards posts are posts that that inquire, they want engagement, and so engagement is done through questions and, and, and spurring things people on. Now, the thing they reward the very most are multiple, multiple comment threads within a comment of a post, right? And so this is something for, that most people on Instagram struggle with, where you ask a question, someone gives an answer, we as the poster just put thank you underneath. Right. And you're like, what? So that ends the conversation. Instagram doesn't reward that as much as if, if someone gives you an answer, replying back and saying, hey, that was great, but how do you present that as a mom? Or how do you, how, how does that relate to this? Or do you have some other, you know, and, and kind of spurring that conversation on? So it's leading those conversations in your comments. That's extremely important, especially on Instagram. Facebook's the same way. If you want your Facebook yeah. content to get seen, it is about active and, and they call it meaningful interactions. That's the okay. Facebook terminology. And so meaningful interactions means having those conversations. So it is about spurring. But the other thing about that is if you are wanting people to, to comment and, and answer questions on yeah. your Instagram post, you have to be there to respond. You, you yes, really, sir. if you want to kill engagement pretty easily, you create a very engaged post and the poster never replies back. The next time you ask questions, nobody's engaging. Cause it's like, why would I even care to comment if that person's, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to reply to every comment, but it does mean that you have to show that you're actively engaged um, in the comments, especially on Instagram. Yeah, because uh, the other thing is too, is that you'll see sometimes where within the actual comments, when you are engaging, that people will do hashtags and they'll put more hashtags, not necessarily if they're the same as the top, but they'll put more in there. You know, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? I don't think it has much uh, value to begin with at all, because if, 
know, when you're looking at the hashtags, you know, and, and just remember now too, the discovery on hashtags is really good on Instagram. If you hit that magnifying glass, you know, it does that, but a majority of that Facebook scanning is happening in the first, or the Instagram scanning is happening in, in the first 30 minutes of your post. So if those, if those hashtags are showing up later on, most of the time too, like if you're using giant ones, your content's never going to be seen, right? Like the like hashtag entrepreneur, and I believe there's, I, mean, I, I can't remember the number, but they said it was like 100,000 posts an hour use hashtag entrepreneur. So, so you should use the one for the magnifying glass. I mean, so what you're saying is use, if you put entrepreneur in, right? Yep. And you the side, right? And then you can use those two and you, you write can. it down. Yeah. And, and, if you, and, like, and you can test it, right? So like if there's a hashtag you want to use, use the magnifying glass, search it, hit latest, and then you'll see what people are posting on that on the hashtag. And, and there's two things to think about it. Do I want to be associated with that other content? And yeah. would I stand out against that? Because it's okay if the, I, I kind of think of this a little bit different than some, I, if the hashtag is being used by a lot of people, that means there's a lot of people looking at it, right? So now the question becomes, will, I, will my content blend in or will it stand out? If it's gonna blend in, there's probably not use for even using that hashtag. But if you're like, you know, like one of the ones like, I mean, there's different things that, like for me, if I'm doing a, a really fun post and I believe it's a fun post and I'm using hashtag digital marketing. Yeah. Most posts around digital marketing are graphic posts and boring. And I'm like, ooh, I have a fun post. I'm gonna use that because those people that are searching that hashtag are gonna see mine against everyone else's and be like, well, I would click on that as well. And so I think that's kind of like that delicate balance. I think, you know, part of the thing for, I think gets people overwhelmed on Instagram is worrying less about a whole bunch of hashtags and more about being consistent with your content. And then once your content gets, starts to be consistent, you'll see what relates to people and then start adding more hashtags and kind of getting involved in, in that side. And, and the other piece of this is, you know, it takes a long time to build up trust. That's and true. in this digital world we live in right now, we have so much noise, so many distractions, so many opportunities. So just because I'm following you doesn't mean I trust you, right? You have to build that trust. So once you gain a follower, now it's your job to be consistent with your content, not, you know, you know, not spam them. You know, I, I'm a big believer in don't waste my time or don't, you know, overpopulate my time. So if you're going to post three times a day, that's fine, but do that every day and know that some people aren't going to like that. Right. Or if you're, if you're going to post once a day, be okay with that, but don't do five posts in one day out of nowhere because you're going to have people that are like, well, I did like their content, but I didn't like to see it five times. Right. And I think that's a difference. Would that be different on Twitter? Because it, Twitter is just correct. so, so right. Twitter is a real time news feed. So Twitter, I mean, I post 20 to 45 times a day uh, on Twitter every single day. Um, I also reply to every single tweet that is sent to me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, I try to post five times a week total. So okay. that's not even daily, right? So if you think about that difference, it is drastically different. But Twitter is a real-time news feed where Instagram is more of that, you know, it's people are browsing. And I also, I mean, Instagram, and this is the way I think of Instagram stories. Instagram stories allows people to get to know the person that is posting the picture in the native feed, right? So it is, I, I like to say, document your life and your journey in the stories so that when someone sees a picture in their feed, it they now can think, oh, I know Jen, I know she has boys, I know that all of these things that are going on, now that picture actually has more context. So yeah. I, was, like, I love Instagram stories for yeah. the real side, like bringing people along with you. But for a lot of people, it's, they just kind of blast the same thing on both and you have to kind of separate the two because, and for a lot of people, you'll get way more views on your stories yes. than you will on your feed, which is kind of I know. A I'm like, dang. I mean, my one son, we does, he does, he's a big, um, my oldest, um, younger too, but he's a big sports. He knows all the stats, all the players for football, baseball, everything. So I do, and he had like 700 views based on the hashtag for one football game. 
right? Yep. So, like that's, you know, now it's a, it's a joke. Like, well, how many views did I get? Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now, now they could both boys compete with each other. I had more nice. than you on that. So that's another thing. So that talking about stories, right. You know, on Instagram, the importance of that too, um, because, and how many, because sometimes, and this is the one thing I wish that Instagram would, and I don't know why they don't do this because I spend a lot of time matching the song right up to the specific point. And for the, <laughs> like, why won't that translate into Facebook? I'm like, this is a really good video and I can't even save it. I know. And I think that's a, it's a copyright issue is apparently what Instagram has said. And it's weird though, because Facebook owns Instagram, right? So like, why would that not, <laughs> yeah, like, how does that really work? So yeah, it is. Uh, but I think it's that that's the reason for them limiting that. But I think using those features, the other thing about stories that's really nice is that, you know, you can play, like I like to test things that work, right? So I'll do a topic where I'll do a couple throughout the day on one topic mm -hmm. and I'll test the engagement. Did people watch it? Did people click through? Did people comment back? If they did, well, maybe I'll do a blog post on that or I'll do a full Instagram post on it. Or if no one's commenting or no, it didn't really catch enough yeah. uh, buzz, all right, I'll move on to the next thing. So that's something to think about on Instagram stories as well. And, you know, and playing with the features, you know, the, the other, the thing with Instagram stories are, you know, it's that, it's that captured attention. And so if you get people keep on coming back, uh, it's pretty powerful to build relationships. Yeah. But the, in the long run, you know, I, I build a lot of my business relationships through the way that I always talk about it is Twitter helps people discover me. LinkedIn helps people link their business goals with, excuse me, with mine. Instagram helps them get to know who I am. That's and so if you think about it from that perspective, what I'm sharing on Instagram is who I am, what I'm about. Yeah. Um, sometimes I talk about life with my daughter, sometimes about my travel life, sometimes about my speaker life, I'm a full-time speaker. But for me, it's, hey, come along on this journey with me, get to know me. You're gonna know that I have ADHD. You're gonna see things about my life. And it's amazing, it, it takes a mindset, right? Because we, for the longest time, we posted on social media and we're like, ooh, I want people to see this about us and now, I think about it and say, I want to bring you along with me on this journey so you can learn with me. So right. I'm, I'm not broadcasting at you. I'm helping you learn with me. And that's where Instagram stories can be really valuable. Yeah, no, I love that. That's a, that's a great point. I love it. Okay. All right. There you go. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn too. Um, okay. So let's talk about, um, let's go, because we're talking offline about the core values, like the importance of core values in business, right? Like knowing you know, your business, what you want, but let's talk about core values and the importance of building your personal branding. You know, we're talking about business here. So let's talk about the importance of uh, your personal branding too. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest ones is consistency. And, and here's the thing um, we've heard about, you know, catfishing and people that, that, that are fake online. Here's what I have to say in today's day and age, you will get exposed immediately. Right. Like, and here's the other piece of this. If you are trying to be someone you are not on yeah. your social media, it is a hell of a lot of work. It is more work than you would ever want. I can't like, and so the people that get overwhelmed on social media, I usually come to them and they come to me and I say, I say, let me guess the things you're posting. It takes a long time. You're worried about all these different things. And again, I'm like, because it's not who you are, right? So if you're right now listening to this and you're struggling with posting on social media, more than likely you're trying to portray something that you are not. And so I think that's a that's a big mindset piece. The other thing is being consistent across your profiles, but being consistent online and offline. Like the number one compliment that I can get, you know, as a speaker, when someone sees me, they go, Brian, you're the same person that I follow on social media. Yeah. That that is because that's trust, that's relatability, that's relationships, and and it might sound kind of fluffy, but for people that are overwhelmed, like you know, I hear this all the time, like oh, social media, there's so much to do, and there, I and I and I don't have the time. If you bring people along the journey, and you're you are the same person online as you are offline, 
it works. And I, my tagline for that is if, if you suck offline, you're going to suck online. Right. So, so, so don't suck. Like that's right. the underlying, that's the underlying yeah. goal of that. But I also think it's, it's when you're, when you have your values and know who you are and what you stand for, conveying them online should feel natural, right? It's, that's just who you become and, and people connect with that. And, and it's not about comparing yourself to celebrities or people that have more followers or less followers. It's saying, how can I let people in to see who I am and build that, those, those strong relationships? And I think that's, it's extremely important to have those beforehand. I would say it's almost equally important to understand when to tweak them and, and kind of you know reassess. I can tell you for me, self-awareness and self-assessment has been the number one piece of my success for the last couple of years is I am way more self-aware now than I ever was before. Yeah. I'm way more confident than I ever was before. Um, and, and a lot of that comes down to like what I'm putting out there. And the other piece of that kind of comes in this core values and I hear this all the time is people are like, well, Brian, on social media, it's kind of frustrating because there's so much bad news and so many things that, that you know things that I don't like. Here's the here's the thing that you have to remember: you control what you see. If yeah. someone is posting stuff that puts you in a bad mood or is a downer or they're always you know complaining, the unfollow button is there for a reason. Yeah. Like you wow. you are like, un, unlike TV where the commercials came on and we had no choice what they are. Yeah. It is your choice what you see in your feed, and I think we forgot that. Like we we've, we've gone to this world where all of a sudden you're like, people are complaining all the time about, oh, I'm so tired of, I don't turn on social media because it's all bad. I'm like, well, cause you're following the wrong people, right? Like, like, let, let, let's, let's put this back into perspective. Uh, and the other thing is when you're, when you have your core values, the, the piece that, you know, you, what you put out is what you get. Like that's, that's the basic, you know, it's the same in dating. It's the same in building relationships. But I think when you're starting to tell your story online, you want to tell your story from your authentic self. And it is really hard to do that unless you know who your authentic self is when you look in the mirror. And I think that's something that everyone has to kind of, you know, I often tell people before they think about the platform, before they think about what, what they want people to, to know about them, let's look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I know? What do I want to be known for? Who am I at my core? And how can I start conveying that and telling that story outward? Yeah, and I think that's a good point too. I mean, it goes back to doing the self work, like you talked about, right? Like, you know, successful companies have clear mission statements and core values to be successful. They know exactly who their target market is. They know what they what they are looking for, right? It is exactly. not different in the dating world. I mean, I yep. did the workbook, you know, from your core, like identifying. Yep. It's on the website. You can download it, but um, the datingadvisoryboard.com. Um, but, but I think that was important too, because like once you understand and you have a clear view of what core values are important to you and you can, you can check them off. So when you do meet certain people and you say, okay, well they check off like three of these boxes, but like the major two don't work. Yep. Right. Um, you're not, you can't fix that. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it will just do you a disservice. You'll surround yourself. It goes back to surrounding yourself with the right people. Who are you following? Are, what are you listening to? Are you listening to positive people? Are you know what? What are you doing on on, on that to like better yourself? Because you are. Well, what, there's so many um, posts out there. You are who you surround yourself with. Who what you listen yep. to. I mean, you can change your mindset, right? I mean, you can learn anything. You can do anything. There's no one saying you can't do something. Right. Correct. Or you can't be with this, you know, per, or, you know, you'll say, oh, well, I'm looking for this person. And I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Like, well, you're never going to find someone like that. And I'm like, oh, no, I will. <laughs> uh, for sure. And I think it also comes down to like, like you said, surrounding yourself. Like I, I use the phrase, we, we are greater than me. But I believe to be part of a great we, you yeah. have to first be the, the best me you can possibly be yourself. Right. And like, so you have to, and I think the values, understanding what you want other people to 
to understand about you yeah. and what you want to surround yourself with, right? And I think that's such a that's such an important piece. And I think most people are like, well, I want to surround myself with this type of people. Right. But when you don't look at yourself and you're like, well, I don't have anything to to add to that group. So yeah. like that that doesn't align either. And I think that not only you know in self awareness but self assessment. Yeah. You know, and also I think there's an element of like. I always like to say I surround myself in business with people who know what I don't know. Like I, I write down, like yeah. this is stuff that I know. And then I'm like, Oh crap, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I need, I need more people in my life that are good at this. Right. And like, we need to do that on everything. And that includes even like from a social media perspective, like, you know, and I, I believe, you know, like, I have some Facebook groups that I belong to that are amazing, but okay. they are very curated, very dialed in, very niche focused. Um, and, and they're run like a dictatorship. Like if, you know, it's not spamming, people aren't post. Um, but at the same time, like what, where I find value in that group, my Facebook feed doesn't have that as much, right? And so at the end of last year, I mean, I went through and unfollowed and unfriended a category of people because I was asking myself, like, what are they adding to my life and what am I adding to theirs? If there isn't something there, it's time to move on, right? And I think that's, you know, you have to kind of do that um, along the way, you know, as yourself. And it does start with values. I think the mindset, right? I, one of the mindsets that a lot of people have on social is, sometimes they're afraid to put themselves out there because they're like, well, I don't want to brag about all the trips I go on, or I don't want to brag. And here's what you have to remember is it's, if it's, it's not bragging is if you tell people why you do it. Right. So I always say, this is the mind shift. Don't tell people how great you are or what all the things you're doing. Tell people why you do what you do and how they can come along on the journey with you. Right. So like if you're traveling the world doing these amazing things, why not give educational advice in the comments of that Instagram post right now, instead of that post being like, Oh my God, she travels everywhere. Um, she must, she must be rich or she must now all of a sudden, so instead of them feeling that from your post, they're now seeing your posting like, Oh, look at, she's talking to me about how she was budgeting for the last year and a half, saving money so that she could go do that. Now that person feels like you're helping them and now they're going to be more supportive. And I think that's something when you have your values dialed in, you can do that very easily compared to being like, no, 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 no. This is what I'm doing. Right. You suck. You're not right. I think that's that's usually a gap. And that that person have. gets blocked. Who does that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're done. You're fired. Yes. Uh, for my life, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I think what you said was key too, though. You say you know you play to your strengths, and then where like you know making sure okay, like I always talk about this with tennis too. You know, um, my dad was a single dad. Uh, raising me uh, when I was younger, and you know he knew my my forehand was the strongest part of my game, right? Right. He knew in order to level up my entire game, he had to get experts on my serve, volley, you know, mental strategy, and we're going to talk about that, the importance of that, to in order to enhance things. So, like, if I'm not good at one specific subject, I'll you know I'll ask somebody else, or I'll, I'll hire someone contractor to do that part, or whatever the case may be, right? right. Like, I don't, there for five hours and try to figure out how to do it when I could spend that five hours on doing something that is, is my strength. So I think that's for important sure. for businesses to understand too, like play to your strengths, you know, just like athletes use. And let's talk, cause we were talking about offline about mental strategy, um, which I think is so important. Um, especially with what you're seeing in the news feeds um, that aren't so good, um, <laughs> people being mean to you and stuff like that, you know, right. you like to stop doing something don't do this could be parents, friends, you know, who knows, um, you know, telling you to, to not do something simply out of, right. I don't even know. <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> about it. I'm like, why does this matter to you? What should worry about right. yourself? Yeah. And, and you know me. And so like one of the things that I talk a lot about, like, um, is I always say define what success looks like for you before yeah. you start. And, that, and this could be as simple as an Instagram profile. It could yeah. be your entire business. Define what success looks like. I mean, I'm talking, write it down, 
picture it. Hey, this is if if everything goes the way that I want it, and I, and I say start there, right? And then I roll back one level and say, okay, what are the goals that I could measure? Keyword measure, uh, measure that would get me to that success. The next step I take back from that is, okay, what are the things I need to do, accomplish, that are going to allow me to start to get to these goals that are ultimately going to give me the success? And the nice part, when you define success first and you have a hater or a troll or someone tells you you can't, what you have to remember is I know what my success looks like and I'm confident that the path I'm on right now is going to get me to that success. I, and for me as a professional speaker, I remember you know three years ago or well, four years ago now, I guess, 2015. I was speaking some places, but I wasn't doing it full-time professionally. It was, I wasn't getting paid the amount of money. And I set out and said, my goal is to be, a, it, success for me is that 90% of my income will be fully from professional speaking. Well, I can tell you 2018, I hit that goal, right? That's what I defined as my success. But in 2015, I was less than 15% of my total income. So what I started doing was I went backwards and said, okay, these are the things I need to do. I need to align myself here. I need to be on these stages. I need to create this content. I need to become better at this. I need to align with these things. And I wrote down all of these goals. And so when, when someone tell me, Brian, I don't think that's something you're going to accomplish. Like, you don't have a book yet, Brian. You don't have a speaker reel. You don't have a speaker bureau. You don't have a speaker agent. I heard that all the time. And tell me, so, trust me, sometimes it, it would knock me down, right? And it would knock me down and I would have to go back and say, well, wait a second. I know what my success looks like. And I know that the goals that I set out are going to get me to that success. What the hell do they know that I don't? And the, and the good thing about it is nothing, right? Like, and, and I can tell you in 2017, I made the mistake of trying to model my business more after my peers in the speaking business. And it hurt me because I stopped going after my success and what I was good at. And I was like, ooh, I'll do it the way they do it because they're successful. Well, what I realized was that's their way of doing success and it doesn't match mine, right? And all of a sudden my business was tanking. I was getting more exposure on more uh, on, on this, in these groups and I was losing business, my, made a lot less money uh, in 2017. And so I think that's a big, big piece for people that are out there. And this, everything you're doing, start with defining success, yeah. work your way backwards and that, you know, even if, like when people come to me and say, what platform should I be on? I don't ever answer the platform, right? I go, okay, well, what does success look like? Do you want to get, do you want to get found? Do you want to connect with friends? Do you want to, you want to find your ideal partner? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to connect with other businesses? Okay. Now that once we have that, now let's look at goals. Okay. Now that we have those things done, now let's look at platforms, right? If you start with a platform, you immediately start off by limiting your success because you haven't started with a broad version of what success looks like. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, because you know, it goes back to visualization, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and I think that's so key in, in mental strategy, right? You know, to, you know, when it comes and I always say, like, when you have someone negative say something, just imagine like a mirror, you know, it just yep. bounces right back off. Like, it doesn't even go into your mindset because if you keep thinking those negative thoughts, the negativity will come. You just got to think positive and, and visualize because I think that's why it's so important. Um, and I want to talk to you about vision board. You know, it's right. 2019 vision boards, like mapping out what you truly want in business and um in your personal life too if you're single or you know whatever like that because i think um you know pen to paper writing it down being accountable looking at that having it somewhere where you see it every day um give us your thoughts on um on visualization a little bit more on um for your goals and stuff and what they should be doing if they don't know how to use a vision board so yeah and i think part of it you know is understanding what works for you right i think we talked about before surrounding yourself like surrounding yourself with people that hold you accountable is so powerful like i can't like i have i have a friend um and she's uh on um, through instagram we became friends through instagram stories we connected we've met we met once in uh in ohio but um she was she had connected with me and she's like brian i just i need your book 
And she's like, and I was like, yeah, it's been frustrating. I haven't really been a good job of like writing on a consistent basis. And it's something I keep putting off. And she's like, well, let me be your accountability partner. And I was like, really? And so this is like, so on a, on a regular basis through Instagram DM, she'll just message me and she's like, I need a word count update. And I'm curious what you're struggling. And like, and she does it consistently. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I did nothing this week. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I'm gonna check in next week. But knowing like that, that she's there, that she's yeah. gonna do that. And this is just, this is someone that doesn't, you know, we, we've connected once uh, offline, but this is, and having those people. But I also think, you know, it's visualization. Like, like you said, having that board where you're like, hey, this is where I am. The other piece is, you know, like know the way that you were like, for me, I write on my mirror, in my mirror, in my bathroom, I wrote on a Sharpie, like things yeah. that I said, like, Hey, Brian, like be yourself. Like that's, that, that's my mantra all the time of like, you know, keeping that up there. But there's another thing of like, we oftentimes measure ourselves against other people's success. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the best way to avoid that is to look at your vision and know that that's your success. Like I, I, I share some stages with Gary Vaynerchuk and, and Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, big deal, big name in the social yeah. media marketing entrepreneur space. And I want, I'm not, I don't compare myself at any length of time with that, with, with Gary. He's amazing. He's far ahead what I'm doing, but people often ask me like, well, Brian, I see you like on the path of Gary. And I'm like, no, I have no interest. And they're like, what? I was like, because my goal is to grow my business. <laughs> I don't want to own the jets. I don't want to own the largest business there. I want to actually work less, travel more, spend more time with my daughters and be able to do the things I love where his goals are the, you know, own the jets, the largest building in New York city, grow 17 businesses. And I think that's one of the things that we forget is like, just because we look up to someone doesn't mean wh what their success is yours. Right. And if you can't visualize that on a daily basis, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not at home right now. Uh, I'm at my girlfriend's place right now, but at my house yeah. on my board behind me, uh, you'll see I have tons of whiteboard. Ton, I mean, I, I literally take everything out of my head and I put it on the wall. And my whole goal of that is it's to remind me, but it's to keep me motivated. Yeah. And the other piece is, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, yeah, I work from home. I'm a solo, you know, solopreneur for the most part. Um, you know, when you, every day is a new opportunity to do some yeah. great things having something to visualize that because it, it can be draining and I'm, I'm not like failure sucks. Like I, I, I struggle with when people say to me like failure is important in the learning journey, failure teaches you think what well, they forget to tell you how much failure sucks yeah. because when people, when you're failing, you don't care that you're learning something. You don't care that it might help you from a year. And so one of the things that I like to say, like to keep you well, when the times are low, yeah. it's, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in celebrating my wins. I have, yeah. I have a phrase that I call screenshot awesomeness. Ooh. And what that means is every time something good happens, I get an email that someone says, Brian, I saw you present, you changed my business. Brian, I get a tweet that says, Brian, thank you so much for that podcast episode. It blew my mind. I screenshot it uh, and I either take a picture with my phone or I screenshot on my desktop. And on my desktop, I have a folder that has every screenshot for that year. Mm -hmm. And if I'm having a bad day or someone tells me I suck or mm -hmm. someone tells me I should quit, what do I do? I open that folder. And I scroll through the wins. I scroll through the things that I did that were that were really good. I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm good to go. And so I think and it's everything in life. Like it, it could be dating. It could be you. Know, like I would say, like I I think you know if someone was you, you wore an outfit, you got a lot of compliments. Yeah. Take that picture. Go on Instagram stories and write all the compliments over that picture. Save that picture on your phone on on favorites. And when you're not sure, and you're like it reminds you, like, hey, I did get all. I am looking good. I am doing good things. I think yeah. like this idea of when you're down, it's really hard to get out, but yeah. you, all, we always forget all of the good things we do. We spend an hour on a hater and we spend 30 seconds when someone tells you you're beautiful, right? Someone tells you you're beautiful, like, thanks. When someone says, I can't believe you picked that outfit, you should give up your game, you shouldn't be doing that. We spend an hour frustrated as hell. Yeah. Why would we spend so much time on the bad 
and so little on the good, right? Like we have to. They're clearly happy with their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's 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 as important from like a visionary thing as like reminding yourself of the wins that you have along the way. It's amazing to me how oftentimes we forget all the good things and we only remember the bad things. Like if you had to go back and say what were the things that happened to you in 2018, more often than not, you're gonna remember all the bad things. You're, you're gonna you're gonna come up with some good things, but not very many. But you probably had more good things than bad things happen. You just, just you kind of push them out. I think that's for me. I use the screenshot technique, and I'm like, I want to capture it all so that I don't forget the good things along the way. Yeah, I mean that's like I mean so we had the vision board party in front Ashley um, and Eve were hosting and, uh, and and they gave us these little bottles right to write your weekly you know yes. best thing that happened to you and I was like that is such a great idea because you do forget you know you like each Friday just write a quick note and then at the end of the year you can open it up with like you know gratitude obviously you know being grateful you know for even when you know, things are, are bad. Like it's just, you gotta just keep pushing forward. You know, like yep. um, we were talking about, um, so from tennis, right? right. Last mile. And maybe you will be my accountability partner for uh, my last mile book. I'm a habit right now. I just have to like, it's formulated, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I was trying, you know, I grew up in Michigan and um, I was trying to get a scholarship to play um, for division one. And I was training for the national tennis tournament. It was like middle of summer, like so freaking hot in Michigan. I mean, it's crazy. And um, it was what, eight hours tennis camp. And then I'm so tired. I mean, all I want is like a Butterfinger dipped in uh, some lemon slurpee. I mean, that was really Okay. Right. And so we get about halfway to my house and my dad turns down this dirt road. And I was like, what are you doing? You know? And then he's like, get out. And I'm like, get out. I'm like, you're nuts. Like get out and do yeah. what? He's like, you're going to run the last mile home. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I came up with every excuse. I'm like, there's pheasants. True story. There's a lot of pheasants in Michigan. If you don't know. Um, and the wild birds, like anything, but the, the problem was, is it was all dirt roads and you know, you had to pivot over potholes and so i was creating all of these excuses why i could not run the last mile home you know right. i couldn't see where my house was but i visualized you know crossing sure. over, you know and and, and then getting my freaking butterfinger and slurpee right and so but i did that but i never realized like that would be a metaphor for my life like even when you didn't think you had enough more to give like you do i mean you have you just have to yep. dig in yourself and my dad was like it was a less i mean he was like rocky style behind me i mean let's not get aggressive nice like right <laughs> great but um no, that's but awesome good example yeah. yeah and i think that's also one of the things we have to think about like building relationships takes a lot of time and the other thing about building relationships with people it could be personal or business um you don't really know when they're going to pay off and I, and I just told the story on my podcast uh, i host a podcast called uh fomo fans which stands for the fear of missing out and so so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I help you cure your fear of missing out around digital marketing and social media uh, once a week. And, um, and I told the story is that uh, I, built, I was working with uh, IBM, which was a client of mine at the time in 2014. And, and someone that worked there, we became really good friends, but she never had a budget for stuff that we were working on. And like, we, but we kind of nurtured a relationship, uh, be really good friends through social media. You know, I would comment on her post, she would comment on mine. And that happened you know, over the years and we stayed, stayed fairly uh, close. And she now has inked me my biggest contract of this entire year. She came to me and just said, mm -hmm. hey, I want, I want to work with you. I have the perfect thing to work with. This things, these things need to align. And it's funny because in 2014, you know, pe people will say, well, well, Brian, I was doing all this stuff or I was posting on Instagram every day and I couldn't see the results, so I stopped. And the weird thing is, is like, 
the results might be, you might get results immediately, more than likely you won't, but sometimes you'll get results that you didn't even know were possible. And like, this was the perfect example is because where she's hiring me to, to help her in is not in the business we even talked about. She, you know, she, her business grew, she became more of an advisor for another business. And then I'm, now I'm able to branch out. And so I think for people, sometimes you get frustrated where, where am I seeing the results? Right. As long as you know what success looks like, right? You visualize that last that last one mile. Yeah. You'll never know what part of that journey will end up impacting something in your life and impacting something in your business. And I I think that happens in your personal life as well, right? Like in you know for from dating perspective, like hey, okay, this is what I want, and then when you all of a sudden align things and just invest in the right relationships, all of a sudden you get introduced to the right person at the right time. That's what happened to me um, yeah. last year, and like I mean, it was one of those like. It was serendipity. It was per and it was aligned. But like, I'm a big reverse engineer type of guy, and I like, I went back and like, two years prior, all of these people were I was making friends with, and if I hadn't done all of those things two years prior, I would have never got introduced to her when that happened. Yeah. And so you have to kind of remember that along the it's way. Like divine timing, you know, divine. It timing. is. Divine timing. It is, and, and you never know what yeah. sets you up for that until you actually get there, right? And that, that's extremely important. Just gotta believe in it. You do. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, this is this is one. This is a good. Okay, so let's talk about the nonverbal body language. Like, how do we know? Like, you're on that date or whatever in that big business meeting. How do you, how can you tips to help read people? So reading people for the most part, you know, it's definitely a science. There's people that are that I actually went to a a four day boot camp uh, oh. when I was playing poker that actually taught me from a retired FBI agent. Uh, and his name's Joe Navarro. He has actually a really good book. Uh, on like understanding body language. It's not just for uh, poker. It's just he he sits down with uh, and ask a guy in an interview session uh, like 30 questions. The guy makes no answers. Does not you know, verbally answer anything, but he asks the 30 questions and he comes out and he answers all the questions based on the guy's body language. It was completely mind blowing. Um, but so it takes a while. One of the things you have to remember is like everybody's a little different. So like you're like, oh, a nervous tick. Like if someone's tapping their hand, they must be nervous. No, some people tap their hand when they're excited. Some people tap their hand when they're nervous. But that those kind of things are, you know, things you have to kind of learn about people. But the the number one thing that we give away the most information is our feet. People's feet give away more information than anything else because it's the furthest from our brain. Oh. It's the thing we last think about. So when you're when you're talking to somebody, their position of their feet when you're both standing up. Will, will can determine if they're comfortable, if they're excited, if they want more, if they want less, you know, like that, their feet, but also when they're sitting down, right? So if you're sitting down at dinner, someone that has their feet and like flat on the ground, more often than not says they have no opinion at the moment. Like they're, they're not, they don't show if they like it, they're not sure if they, they love it, right? Someone that sticks their feet out towards you, it could mean that they like, oh, I, I want to connect okay. or, you know, I want to connect, but it could also mean like, I'm getting bored and I'm kind of ejecting from the conversation, right? Or if they tuck their feet under the desk, because that automatically brings them in closer to the conversation, like give me more, give me more. So like as a speaker, I use that a lot. So I'll look at the front row when I get up there and if people have their feet out or feet in, I'll start talking about a topic and all of a sudden I say something and, and people yeah. tuck their feet under their desk, I keep going, right? I'm like, ooh, they like that, I, yeah. they want more. And so that's one of the ones that, that is uh, really interesting. And if you can't see people's feet, one of the ways that you can often tell is their shoulders. Oh. So when you move your feet in and out or you start tapping your feet, your shoulder blades move and you don't realize it because you're like, wait, what am I doing? But at a poker table, I'll sit there and I'll read your feet by just understanding where your shoulder blades are. Like how you're moving your shoulders usually dictate 
your feet. But there's some there's some people that know the science of it. But that's kind of where I, feet are the thing. And I can tell you, every person that networks me, like yeah. we, we, you and I, we were at the podcast event, right? Like when someone starts a conversation with me, the first thing I notice is their feet. And what I want to notice is, okay, this is how they started. As I'm talking, how does that change? Because if all of a sudden their feet changes and, all, and their body weight goes a little bit, okay, they're done having the conversation with me. Brian, huh. shut up. And I and I sometimes struggle with shutting up. I like to talk, uh, which we both do. Um, and so like, okay, now I see that. If all of a sudden their feet changed and they're they're now like tilted in closer to me, okay, Brian, keep going. Like little things like that help, but it, it usually requires a, a some kind of baseline. There isn't like you know if someone has their feet on their desk. It, it might mean that that's just how they were most comfortable. But interestingly enough, feet are the number one way that we give away things online or I never offline. I knew that. I never knew yeah. that. I mean, I've heard about the left eye though. Like if oh, someone's, yeah. yeah, like they're, they're lying. That's but, but, there, but there's also people like, that's your natural habit, right? But there's also things where you realize that, right? So like you'll, and that's why your feet are the one that people, that is the, the hardest because you don't think about your feet when you're like, when you're, when you're talking to somebody, you're like, I need to make eye contact. Ryan, don't swallow too deeply. Like you're, you're like, okay, stop breathing so heavily. You don't want, like those are things because you're thinking about it. Your feet are acting that whole time, giving away all of the clues, all while you're just worrying about what your facial features are. So like, I, I would often laugh that like, oh, if you look like at the poker table, like everyone at the table knows that if you look up into the left, you're, you're, you're lying, right? So everyone, if you have a great hand, you look up into the left because you want people to think like you're, you're almost playing reverse cues, right? So like sometimes you have to remember that as well. Like, um, I'll have people that will say like, oh, if their arms are folded, they're not interested. Well, I know some people that are part of my friend group that arms folded means that they're they are the most comfortable they are. Like that's just who yeah. they are. They and, they, yeah. and but they but they were told by many people that you need to start. So now when they sit, like there's something sitting like this, and I'm like, well, now you look worse. So it's it's okay. it's a kind of a, a, a thing you can play with. But um, it's definitely to think about too, just from a standpoint of understanding what people want, what they don't want. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer that. The world needs more empathy, and the only way we can be more empathetic is we have to put ourselves in the shoes of others, and that starts by understanding body language, understanding what people want. Yeah, I think that's true too, because in the, especially in the dating world too, like everybody creates this like kind of false narrative, like has to have this like Cinderella story in the first date of meeting somebody. I mean, you don't do that in business. You know, you have yep. to, you learn about that person. So, you know, because they get nervous and they don't know what to say or they just like, oh, I'm just not going to date because this is too much. I'm busy. Like, you'll give excuses why. Right. For sure. Um, of course. But I think that, you know, uh, you know, one of the biggest tips um, that I like to tell people is that just be you, you know, like it's going to yeah. come out anyway, eventually, you know, just like in business, like you're talking about the boardroom. Right. Um, yep. Walk it in the same way as you walk out. Same thing in dating. You just be you. If not everyone's going to be a fit. Perfection's a fairy tale, in my opinion. And so when you stop trying to be perfect, you start trying to be yourself. Life gets easier, online gets easier, you put yourself out there, you attract yourself with the right people. And I think that's also comes, it's so true on social media today. Like if you start, that's why my press the damn button, like the, the foundation of that is, you know, perfection's a fairy tale and control is an illusion. You can't control everything outside of yourself, right? So why not put yourself out there? And then like, if, if you're, if you don't like your newsfeed, change your newsfeed, right? And, and I think we oftentimes are like, I want perfect and I want to control everything. And then we ask someone who in your life is perfect. And they're like, I don't, I don't know anybody that's perfect. Oh, yeah. so you want something that you don't even believe that you know of something that is, exists that way. Right. And I always joke, like I, I ask every audience, like tell me a person or a leader that is perfect. Sometimes people throw out like mother Teresa and I'm like, she wouldn't have even said she's perfect. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, someone threw out Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Reynolds would not say that he's perfect, but if we, if we can't, oh. right. I, I, we, but if we can't, 
visualize someone perfect, we need to stop thinking about perfection as ourselves, stop looking for that perfect thing. And I think that's where the vision of having what success looks like. Like for me, like, hey, this is what I want in life. This is who I am. These are the things that I'm gonna, I'm not willing to negotiate, right? Yeah. But this is the success I wanna have. And then finding that how those things kind of line, it's a lot easier when you do that way. And I and I and I really do feel like in this, yeah. we use social media to try to portray something we were not for a long time. If you have not gained value from social media, if you don't have relationships that are strengthened from social media, because this is what I say, social media will never replace a handshake, ever. It's nothing you do on social media, but what it will do is if you do it really well and you share your story, you be yourself, mm -hmm. it gives you the opportunity to have new handshakes, or I like to say, turn handshakes into hugs and selfies, yeah. right? Because when we see each other, we give each other a hug because we are that connected and it's thanks yeah. to social media because yeah. we are real, we're raw yeah. and authentic. And every when you meet someone that you've built a relationship online with, it should be a hug. It shouldn't be a handshake. It shouldn't be a you know. We both we, before we got on, we were both talking about our kids and like going back and forth, updating each other. And it's like we both know that both of us know each other at that part of our lives because we follow each other online. Yeah. And I think that's where people sometimes miss. It's like if you're not doing that. When you get offline and this is someone that's been following you for a long time and you have to have like a, a, a warm up conversation and you have to like, oh, what's new in your life? Like yeah. apparently you haven't been investing right on social media if you still have to do that with someone that's connecting you. And it's, it's hard. And, and today, social media, I believe, is so much different than four years ago, so much yeah. different than six years ago. I believe it's the most authentic, the most the easiest way to scale, to be connected with the world. Like I truly... It's fluffy as it sounds. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Yep. And I believe thanks to social media, we all have a vehicle to tell it. The question becomes, are we willing to be vulnerable and honest with ourselves to tell our story? And then are we actually going to do it? Like, I mean, press the damn button means stop worrying about perfection. Stop worrying about control. Put your story out there and you'll be amazed how well it's received. But if you're yeah. just worried about that perfect moment or, hey, I don't have my time right now. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I have a business. I, I commute. All of those things, all those excuses are crutches for you to continue pushing out your story. Story never gets heard. No one ever is able to connect with you the way that you want. And I, that's why I say, you know, I'm all about having a strategy, but sometimes it's like, press the button, get shit out there, and then build a strategy backwards from there. Yeah, because you're right about perfection. It's like, you're like, oh, I have to make sure every little piece is right, and this, 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 I mean, I, you know, and I know, you're right. So I, I like that part, because I need to just push it out there. <laughs> Yeah, but it is being vulnerable because it's like, oh, like no, God, you know, a lot of people know certain things, you know. For sure. But uh, yeah, so well, then I'll hold you accountable for me helping with the. Last uh, I, I, sounds good. Um. Uh, okay, so I got a couple more minutes. We got ten minutes left, but um, okay. oh, this is so much good information. Um, do you think dating in this age of social media changed the game? I do. I think you know we have we're. The first impression no longer happens when you meet someone offline, right? The first impression, I mean, let's face it, everybody Googles a name, everybody, you know, Instagram stalks, everybody, you know, goes to LinkedIn and searches their name. But I think this is where it, it has an element of, you know, there's one thing about telling your story. And I think for, you know, and Instagram was the worst of this, right? We had filters and we put a whole bunch of stuff out there that was not us. Our profile picture, you know, and, and dating apps were the, are the were the kind of start of this where your profile picture was from 10 years ago or yeah. from that one time you got dressed up like that. But I think in the world we're living in now is there's so much out there that you almost have to realize that like someone's going to find out everything about me. So I might as well just own what I am. Yeah. And I think this is that I think the weird part on dating is like, okay, when I get to the third date, I'm going to let them learn about these things. Well, why the hell did I waste time in the first two dates with this person? If I didn't like, but, but you know, and, and some things are higher or priorities or lower, but like 
for me, I, uh, I got divorced and I, I remember, you know, for me getting out and dating after uh, my divorce, I, mean, I, I went out, I mean, right out of the gate and anytime I would sit down with someone, I would say, here's the thing, you're going to be fourth in my life for the rest of your life. Yeah. And if you are not okay with that, I, I can't be okay with that. But, and, and one person, I mean, uh, bless her heart. We're still good friends. She's like, I could never live with that. Like, she's like, I, I want to be, and I was like, you know what? And we had a great dinner. We had a great yeah. time, but we knew that we weren't compatible because I have three daughters and my three daughters yeah. are one, two, and three. And I, and I think being able to put that out there. And I think when you look at the dating world or online now, yeah. it's going to be out there, right? People are going to find the information. They're going to, they're going to know that, you know, and I think when you put it out there, this is the other piece that I love about being vulnerable. When you put out your vulnerabilities, first of all, it allows you to be relatable. It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Trust me. I'm not, not one that's saying like, you know, uh, but it also allows people to know that you're real and manage expectation, but it disarms the troll or, and it disarms like, what if they find out about that? Because you know what? They already know about that and you can, you can move along forward. Right. I think that's that, that is that delicate balance. And I, and I do, you know, transparency is a funny thing. Like I believe in, transparency online. I don't believe in oversharing. And there's a little bit of a difference there, right? Transparency is letting people see your authentic self. Oversharing is broadcasting and blasting everything you eat, everything you do, every time you're in the bathroom. Like that's not what we want. Bathroom selfies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but there's also an element of like, I, I'm a big I'm because I'm a computer geek. Yeah. I risk first reward everything. Right. So if I'm going to tell a story about my ADHD or I'm going to talk about my divorce yeah. or I'm going to share about my worst year in business, what I do is I say, okay, I'm sharing the worst year in business. What's the worst thing that can happen? A client of mine could hear that. They might lose a little bit of confidence in me because they're like, wow, that person was like that. But that same person that might lose confidence in me might be like, wow, that guy's real. I want to work with someone that's real, right? The benefits of that are all of these people are going to see what I do, who I am, and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, and they're going to connect. And I risk first reward everything, right? And so if I'm going to expose a vulnerability, I look at the risks and I look at the rewards. And if the rewards outweigh the risks, I go with it. And I tell when people look at my profile, oftentimes it's like, Brian, you're really transparent. And I tell you, you don't have to be as transparent as me. Yeah. I want you to be as transparent as you're comfortable. Yeah. You have to ask. I mean, it drives me wild when someone will say, they'll tell me something. When you're networking, right? When you're networking with somebody, do we talk about our job? Never, right? We talk about why we do something. We yeah. start sharing all these backgrounds. And I'll ask them like, oh, I didn't know that about that. Like, why didn't you have that on social? They're like, oh, you know, I didn't really want to put that online. And I was like, well, the reason I care about you right now in person is because you just told me that story. Yeah. If you want people to care about you online, you have to tell that same story, right? And it's it's that it's that it's and it's hard. It's not the way we used to do things. It used to be like, hey, business and pleasure. We used to be like, what we have online is different than we have offline. Like, and, and like, thank God, Snapchat didn't exist when I went to college because it would be, you know, there would be a lot of things online that I don't want to be online. Right? Like, back in the nineties, there was no videos, no. Yes, thank, yeah, thank you. The smartphone didn't even exist, right? We didn't even have cameras on our phone. But I think that's, I think in the world we're looking at now, people are more transparent, more open, more forgiving. And I, I figured out for me, I don't want to surround myself, work with self, or date somebody or be with somebody that doesn't get me for who I am and yeah. what I love and my priorities. And it might take longer. And I'm very blessed that uh, I'm. Uh, I found someone recently that you know really you know captivated everything I wanted and everything I didn't even realize I know I wanted. But that part of what that was was like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Take it or leave it. And and there were some people that left it, right? And I said like it, it was. I'm not, I, I like to please everybody. I'm a people pleaser, right? But at the same time, I realize if I don't put this out of the gate out to begin with, then why am I wasting my time with someone or, or something? Or, and, I, and it's the same with business. Like when I started, I have tattoos and like 
when I started sharing my tattoos, I actually lost two clients that said, we don't really want to be associated with someone that's sharing, you know, and this is seven years ago. So times a little bit changed a little bit in that, in that sense. But the funny thing for me was I don't want clients of mine that would judge me based on my tattoos anyhow, right? So like it wasn't going to be the right fit down the road. And so by, by being more transparent, I've actually found my right clients. I found my right partner. I found the right things in life. And I think that's that element where it's scary at first and you might not see the yeah. initial wins, but when you do click the magic, when you do have the business person or the personal person, it's, it's worth every damn penny. I think that's, that's the piece on transparency that is hard, but it's damn well worth it, especially in today's day and age. Like just because you're on a dating app and you say all these things that you like, and that does not mean that the, a, that all they're going to see right. and B like, how do you even live up to that? Right? Like, I mean, it's such a, such a expectation, you know, struggle. I can, that I'm, uh, I just think we have by being transparent, you remove that need to put on a front that you are not. Right, exactly. Just be you. That's all I can say. <laughs> In the dating yep. world, don't be afraid to and don't post old pictures or the no. pictures that aren't even you. Or yep. like a, a where's Waldo moment. And because you know damn well we'll find we'll find pictures that are norm are, that are newer. And yep. then that, you know, like it's 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 naive of you to think that if I post this picture, that's the only picture that person's gonna see of me, right? Like, and last time I checked, is the first impression that you want of somebody when they see you offline, like, damn, I didn't even recognize that person, right? Like, that's the, that's the worst first impression to start off with. That's I, like, like, I just, like, it's like debatable. Do you like walk out? Yeah, um, like, I yeah. mean, I probably would, I just say. Well, and for me, and for me yeah. in business, even in business, when I'm meeting someone offline yeah. and what they present online is so different, my immediate thought is I can't trust anything this person says. And in business, that's the worst way to ask. But, but I, I, I can tell you, I did one in December. I met with somebody and I was all excited. We had connected through online. They listened to my podcast. We met. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, dude, you're, and, I, and like, even like the way he dressed. And I was just like, wait a second. You're the, per like, I'm like, if you're willing to do all of that work to be something so different online, what else are you willing to lie and cheat and, and, and not be trustworthy around business? And I think that's, that, and it's different because. Five years ago, this would not have been the same story, right? Like what you were putting online was definitely our grass is greener world. Right. But now we've realized, I mean, we've, we've completely realized, think about like even a celebrity, like I love Kristen Bell. Um, yeah. uh, Kristen Bell is one of my favorite Instagram followers. Uh, her and Jack Shepard are like yeah. the, my, the couple that I love to death. <laughs> I see the bully and they said red lobster. I was like, yep, that's real Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, and, and she posts, you know, she posts pictures with, you know, she had the, the eye things they were yeah. on and like Dax and her were going and like, and it's like, wait, I, I'm a fan of Kristen Bell. Not, you know, there's great, tons of great celebrities. I'm a fan of her because she's real. She's yeah. not like, they, they, they show the room service picture. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm like, Hey, I ordered the same Before thing. Right? The like, golden gloves, globes. I mean, like, yeah, I was oh, that so, was hilarious. Yeah. And Chrissy, <laughs> like, I love her. Yes. Like, oh, she's a, she's a perfect but, example. But these people are funny. You know what I mean? I yep. mean, you're like that they're, but they're being who they are right they are. now. And so it was, it's a, it's a great lesson to everyone. So. I can't believe it ran out of time. I'm like, I want to keep a couple of minutes so we make sure that everybody who isn't following you needs to be following you. And what you're, what's coming up? Where when can people see you next? What speaking events? Um, well, um, so consistency, I said, was really important early on. So I social fans, the letter I social fans is my business, my brand. Uh, I'm on every social network under I social fans. So I'm trying to be consistent there. Yeah. My website is isocialfans.com. Uh, my podcast that, that, that uh, probably is relatable to the audience is FOMO fans, F-O-M-O. Uh, F-A-N-Z with a, a Z at the end because my last name is Brian Fanzo. So yeah. Fanzo and fans, it kind of works uh, well together. Um, speaking all around the world, uh, my goal is 60 events this year. I did 48 last year. Um, so I'm pro I can pretty much guarantee there's there's a city uh, that you're nearby a big city. I'll be speaking there, um, you know, 
sometime soon. Uh, my calendar will go up at the end of this month uh, on my website, isocialfans.com. But um, I like to say I'm on every channel uh, because I help my and advise people on what channels is best for them. So you don't have to follow me on every channel or anywhere. Pick your favorite platform. Follow me there, and I, I would appreciate it. It's iSocialFans, and uh, I'm excited to be here. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we made it for fruition, right? This was we connected online, we met offline, yep. and now we're pushing it online. And we have some great friends, uh, Tian and, and the group that uh, yeah. that kind of connected us. So this was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you being on the show. I've learned a lot, and can't wait, can't wait to share this on all my social media platforms so it can help a lot of people. So thanks again for tuning in, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. See you.